morning world once again we are here podcasting this is the fifth ward wildcat this I'm is kg how you doing we're not going about the intro to being fancy. Go ahead, sir. All right, we'll start out with scores. Weekend, over the past weekend, HBU women's soccer lost two, uh, lost two nil to New Mexico State on the road. So I must definitely, Castellan uh, had a record uh, 18 saves. HBU women volleyball team won the Lamar, Uni- uh, Lamar tournament. Junior Victoria Wesley was in free V. Stanford rolls into town after uh, and wins the Rice Invitational. HBU Men's soccer team loses to Air Force 2 5. U of H women's soccer team lost on the road to North Carolina. Uh, TSU's women's soccer lost their home opening to North Texas State 5 0. The women's volleyball team got shut out. San Jack's men's softball team, uh, men's soccer team lost on the road in Florida 4 0 to Darden College. And that is my scores for the weekend. And Dr. Cooper. What do we have going on today? Who? Who? who Dr. Cooper. I'm not Ralph Cooper, man. You, who are you? Who are you, sir? I'm Chris Gardner, sir. The KG, that's who I am. You know, a lot of people say I look like Ralph Cooper. You know, he's my them. mentor. And I, I'm not Kevin Cooper with the Texans either. Well, that's what I was thinking about. You know, so either one. See, now you sound like we all look alike now. What are you trying to say there, sir? <laughs> hey, you, you two men that are in charge of your situations. Well, I, I'll take that. Then. That works for me. Not a problem at all. Uh, well, I guess we are waiting for the official letter from Texas A&M to be sent to the Big 12 higher-ups and to announce that they are leaving. It's not a surprise to us. We've been expected for a while. So From day one that we started this. Can you even, is there anything else to add to it? What do you uh, want to talk about? Now becomes a question of when it happens and who is team number 14. No, that's the only thing to be answered now. Uh, well, I, uh, well, other than... No, no, no. I, I don't believe, well, especially in the short term, I don't believe the SEC is going to add a 14th team just yet. I, I believe, I mean, I, over the last few days, there have been some scuttlebutt they're going to wait for things to kind of play out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I really probably give them some more time to ascertain who will be the best option for that 14th team. So if that takes a season or whatever, you know, so be it. Um, but the Aggies are going to the SEC. It's going to happen. It's a done deal. I'm just kind of surprised at um, the payout that, or the lack of payout they're going to have to because uh, initially the exit fee from Big 12, reading some information, is almost $30 million. But, but, uh, but it seemed like the Big 12 just going to withhold their revenue from 2011-2012 season, which is about $18 million. So sort of like uh, cut uh, down the, on the, what Colorado and the, and the right. Nebraska situation, which, which I think is, is <coughs> fair amongst, amongst uh, everybody involved. The only other uh, bitter situation in this is now UT wants to complain about you know, make a complaint in rows of we don't want to play them anymore. We don't want to play the game. That is what I look at as being asinine because that is what makes all of this relevant. Because now it will have a lot more of a uh, uproar when those two teams play. It, it, it'll be a lot more relevant whether both teams are winning or not. It'll be the fact that it'll be the SEC against. Uh, I presume by that time, like independent Texas Longhorns. Well, that, I mean that seems. I mean, inevitable. Yeah, yeah, that seems inevitable because. Um, with Aggies leaving, the Big 12 is once again in a state of flux. 
and you know who who knows who's going to stay if Oklahoma stays is the Longhorns going to go independent what's going to happen to the other schools in, in that whatever you want to call it conglomerate conference whatever Texas Tech Baylor Kansas Kansas State and the like um, you know I think it's inevitable that, that the Longhorns are going to go independent with some folks that argue they've been they wanted to, all along and yesterday, I, I brought this subject up in conversation, uh, luncheon with a couple of fellows, uh, how one institution has changed the dynamics of college football across the west of the Mississippi. They've just, just one institution. The other thing that, uh, the other uh, com- uh, conversation that we had was not having a strong commissioner involved to put his foot down and squash all of this. And you've hammered, you've hammered Mr. BB because last, almost every podcast we mentioned this topic. So from the day that this was mentioned, because he was the one that brought it up in a, in a commissioner's uh, review uh, a couple of years back, uh, or about the, when the SEC made their announcement conference-wise. All he had to say was, we're working on something, we're going to try to get something done. Uh, but uh, uh, at that time, he basically just just talked about the SEC. He didn't mention anything that would involve the Big 12 in, on any subject. You know, whether radio, uh, Internet, uh, cable-wise, net, uh, as I say, on air, which is what they call the free stations, <laughs> the, the free channels. He didn't mention anything toward that. Now you got a situation where one school has basically put their foot down on the rest of the conference, they put their foot down in the commissioner's office, and it just looks like a piece of crap right now. And it's all going to fall at their feet, and now that one particular school wants to get mad because somebody doesn't want to follow their rules or want to be, want to lay down on the ground with somebody's foot in their neck. And let's let's touch on that that one school and and tie it in the terms of locally. Um, U, U of H, University of Houston. Do you believe they should want to join the Big Twelve if it's still viable? If it's viable, and I, how I'll will it be? How, how will it stay viable? And that's if the the way the, the makeups are the, have situated out over the last fifteen years. It's been every five years. So far, it's been up until recently. It's been five years, and there's been conference changes, you know, pretty much across the country, um, just because everybody's one out there, welcome, and they they are looking out on the other side of the fence and and kind of like seeing things greener. But for for whatever reason, now everybody wants to they're looking out for themselves, which I don't I, I don't have any, any, any regards to that because you, at some point you have to. you got to think about what's best for, for your university, where you can compete. Go ahead. But my, my thing is with that is we all have to look out for number one. You know, as personal business, etc. But at, one po- at what point does your looking out for number one hurt your overall competitive balance in the sport? When it's when it's when it sets up everyone else in a conference, everybody else involved, to be not having a say at the table, not being able to eat at the table, because now it's all starting to come out about how UT has from day one when all of this was set up as far as 
the networks and all, and that's that share. Their share has been larger than the one team that's been viable on a regular basis, Oklahoma. And I find that essence, you know, just just ridiculous that they hadn't opened up their mouth as far as the president and AD hadn't opened up their mouth and complained because they 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 played in bowls. They've got a national championship also. Their program has been more of looked at as a as a number as a, as a top five. Well, I take that back as a top three, rather than Texas has over the last ten years. Well, in terms of football, depending on how far back you go, in terms of history in college football, Oklahoma's history is, is probably better than Texas history. You know, so more national championships, exactly. More Heisman Trophy winners, uh, more um, relevance as far as a, a, a network uh, draw. You know, longest winning streak and all all those kind of things going back. Check your history, folks. But you know, Boomer Sooner has been booming, booming longer than Bebo has. So, but is it is it the Longhorns' fault? Is it ESPN's fault for starting this? I'm not gonna say it's the Longhorns' fault. Totally, it's shared between the two because basically, in order for uh, uh, this to happen, you have to have a party or two. You have to have someone to make a suggestion or to ask, and then you have to have the party number two to accept and says, "Okay, um, how can we get this done?" Because what what has transpired is everybody's looking at the dollar signs. And that was all fine and good until now they're looking at it. Oh my goodness! Now we're starting to kill institutions and all is starting to rise up and starting to fade away. You know, it's a lot of channels out here right now, uh, cable-wise. But when you go to a, a mobile app situation as a carrier, you can get that done on your own. You know, because this weekend coming up, folks. As we sit across from each other, being realistic, that may not be a TV outlet carrier for the game against Texas and Rice this weekend. We'll, we'll see. And then the reason the game was moved back is because one hour is because of that. You know, the game kicks off uh, Saturday, September 3rd, Rice at Texas. Um, you know, as, as Wildcat has mentioned, there's, so far hasn't been a major uh, TV carrier yet. You know, it always comes down to the last minute in these TV negotiations. So, once again, this is that trend continues. Um, so, we'll see how that works out. Um, and everybody listening, thank you for listening. I'm KG, and my partner is the Fifth Wildcat. You're listening to another one of our podcasts, which is now available on, on iTunes. We are both proud to say. And if you're listening on iTunes at some point, thank you for listening on iTunes. Uh, we're, we're evolving and growing as we're doing the best that we can to make this better as we uh, continue to do this. We're evolving. So hopefully we'll get better as uh, the year goes on. Who, who knows how long this will the podcast will last, but we're going to do the best we can as we go along to get along. Uh, how about this suggestion? Should U of H be interested in joining the Big East? Yes. It's a balanced conference. It's probably, it's probably one of the few balanced conferences uh, uh, right now in Division One, outside of uh, the Mountain West, where there's a balance between the two revenues, big, two biggest revenue sports, uh, basketball and, and football. Okay. Now we talked about this, you know, off air, but now it's the admission on air. In in the seem, seemingly inevitable 
super four super conferences. We're going to have a big Mention ten. Who you talked about? Big ten would be whatever. Big sixteen. Pac twelve will become Pac sixteen. SEC will become sixteen members. We have Big East ACC will be left of the, B- the six BCS conferences. Oh. So the two of them will have to merge to form sixteen members. Who gets left out of that? So exactly. So who's going to get left out of that? Because I'm, I'm just saying, as a U of H alum, I believe going to Big East is a better option than Big 12. But will that mean we'll still be a BCS member? Whatever happens between the ACC and the Big East. The only other conference that uh, has proven viable um, has been the Mountain West because that conference was, was carved down and set aside and became an automatic qualifier. ESPN uh, got a, a, a so contract. So would that be the case now in the future? And the TCU's left, and we're in a super conference format. The Mountain West is going to, you know, Boise State's got to go somewhere too. Boise State's probably going to end up going to uh, the Pac-16, you know, possibly. So well, see, that, 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 that's that's the movement out. Um, as a matter of fact, that's who is fixing the move out. Uh, Boise State and Fresno will be moving toward uh, the Mountain West here in the near future, within a year. And then they mentioned they're going to leave. Right now. BYU just left, went independent. Folks kind of looked at them strange and all, but folks are asking questions about them, you know, joining. Join the Big 12. You know, it's, it's a good region. It's got traditions, and it works for them. It works for, but works for who? In the grand scheme of things, it's, who, who is that benefit? It benefits more so, um, I would say, BYU. They still have, they're, they're picking up recruits. Everybody's looking at it to pick up recruits. They're, 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 I mean, besides the money, you're picking, looking to pick up recruits. Because uh, It's true. But in, terms of, in this term, BYU has their own TV network. Right. Longhorns have their own TV network. Why should the Sooners want to be part of that? Good question. Good question. I can't answer that right now. But apparently someone thought enough of them as a just looking at them from afar to ask that question for them to join. Because as soon as at some point they're going to get their own in some hand they're going to have their own network as well. And I, I think it would, that would definitely be reasonable statewide. Right. Uh, based because of the way it, it, it's set up for them to to uh, succeed. Yeah, they won't, they won't have you know ESPN, they won't have some national carrier, but they'll be able to control and they will oversee the programming. They'll oversee the production and all the, all those things because ESPN deal with the Longhorns. ESPN running that. You know, ESPN has a say in in how they're covering practice, how they're doing all those things with Mac Brown. And people at Texas are realizing what are we really got ourselves into in terms of cover to practice. Right, right. And and folks, that's that's been the source of contention so far with the media as far as being these uh these these blackouts. We're not gonna call them. Blackouts, we're going to call them blackouts for media blackouts. And no practice access, uh, no scrimmage access. Uh, everybody's playing in a bubble, you know, in a closed-in situation. Uh, you, you have to wait until practice is over with uh, to uh, talk to players and coaches, and not a lot is discussed. And it's, you know, getting the information that's coming out is deluged uh, to a second and third party. Um, and the press releases are pretty much, uh, you know, in-house. So you put them, you, you, you're at the mercy uh, of the institution. And at some point, you as an institution will have to become rele- relevant. Because if you become irrelevant, somebody's going to be on the hot seat. 
Okay. And, and it won't be the media. And in terms of relevance slash irrelevance, tell me about Rice football. The way, what are they going to do this Saturday against, against the Longhorns? They're going to go and play. They're going to go and play. They're going to fight. Uh, they, how long are they going to fight? How long are they going to be competitive? I'm hold, I'll say this before you, I'll let you answer it. If they are competitive, does that say more for Rice and less about the Longhorns? Yes. Yes, it does. Because that's the way I, I started out, you know, with the 1st of July. I went to Media Day. Uh, my mindset when I left Houston to, to go to Dallas was they're going to have to show me that they are ready to go play football in the state of Texas. I mean, literally. Uh, I, don't, I didn't want to show up in Dallas and watch a bunch of boys and I'll answer questions. I wanted to see some men show that they were ready to go and uh, that they had uh, they were ready to go and earn respect of uh, Longhorn fans and the rest of the conference. It's, I didn't see that, so I wrote up, and it's it's in the paper, it's online at KingSizeView.com that uh, the first game out of the block, the game against Rice. Wouldn't be it should not be a gauge of where these both of these programs are, but more so should be a statement of where Texas is ready to go down the road. And apparently, if Rice is in this game at halftime, something needs to be done. Now, mind you, yesterday finally, uh, Mac and his staff decided on making uh, Gilbert the uh, starting quarterback Gary and, Gilbert yep. and uh, McCoy uh, Chase McCoy will, will be the backup now whether Gilbert would have a short leash nobody knows until the game starts because nobody none of these coaches none of them none of them around the country know exactly what they have until they step out on the field and I, I, I will admit Andrew Luck is pretty much the standard of what quarterbacks will be judged by this year but, uh, and Landry Jones, Oklahoma. Well, those are two clear, clear cuts, in my opinion. <clears throat> but let me ask you this: I saw this. Some of my colleagues mentioned this on Twitter yesterday. Um, you attended the Rice Football uh, Weekly Media Luncheon. Did the Longhorns send out their depth chart? It didn't match what was online, and did you, cause the customer, did you, I, I read or saw that's why it took so long. That it wasn't like too deep yesterday. It yeah. wasn't too deep or something like right. that, right? Okay. And uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> we don't know why. But that now that's what it, it, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. You, you're getting information from that house. You know, you're not getting a real third party, which, I, which is what you call the media. You know, a, a, uh, firsthand, it's just not happening. So now you're in a situation where you have to mercy. Now, man, you say that something better trans, better get corrected quickly, because basketball season when it comes up. Dan won't be in any in doubt in anybody's mind. You had better have information flowing because it's, that's, that's a game on a regular basis. What it was two, uh, three, three, four nights a week sometimes. On college level, uh, at least twice a week. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you to give a score in the Rice Longhorn game. I don't mind. Okay, if you throw it out there then, sir. You, you are the people who walk headed. Right, uh, it should be. I don't know the spread. That's why they want to put those well, I, I, the spread. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't look at the internet. I hadn't checked the, 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 the bookies, the betting lines in Vegas or anything. I'm looking at uh, UT to be winning by, they should. They should win by three touchdowns. Uh, minimum. 
I'm expecting four to five. Wow. Okay. But I thought. Well, I thought uh, the owls were were better. They are better as a, as a, a unit. They are consistent. They know exactly what they do. They know who they are, and they're ready to go to work. Will the owls score? Yes. Well, they score 14. They'll score twice. Uh, I'm looking for the, uh, for the owls to score 20, uh, from 18 to 24 points, and I'm looking for... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's looking for the Longhorns to drop 45 or I'm so looking on. For, the, for the Vince Young and the, uh, and the Colt McCoy days. That's what I'm looking for. And if I don't see that... And the Applewhite days. Oh. Well, that's not to me, folks. That's if, if I want to put a standard on, on UT quarterbacks recently, Applewhite is my guy. So okay, so the, the, the strongest quarterback that they have right now is on staff on the sidelines calling plays, and that's that's Applewhite. So you're saying about 45, 24, 45, 21, something like that. 48, 48, 21. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, and we may not know what TV network will be carrying in, but we do know that the game will be on KCOH. 14.30 a.m. On and the website is... Uh, com. Yes, sir. You know it. And the game at 7 and pregame starts at 6.30 on KCOHradio.com. Yes, you can listen on there. And there will be, right now, about four games for sure on KCOH. Four Owls games on the KCOH 14.30 a.m. this season. Perhaps more. We think more, but we're not sure about what specifically. So The scheduling, you know, would uh, come about. Now, my... Get to my school, University of Houston plays UCLA, UCLA 2:30 this Saturday, September 3rd at the and Rob. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to rain, so it's supposed to not be as hot as. If it's 90 it degrees, been. it's about 190 <laughs> degrees. I don't care. I'm Mr. G- Mr. Gardner, I expect your folks to be packing this place. I don't want to. Oh, oh yeah. I don't want to see know. no empty seats and all. I agree with that. I agree with because that. Because you have a home opener. I agree. You home opener should be sold out. out period. You know, it's the name team, the name, name opponent. That's good, but that should even matter. Thanks. It's the home opener. Should be sold out. Period. And if you intend on making a statement about moving from moving into a conference, attendance make statements. Yes, yes sir. And, and they make statements when you plan McNeese State. Uh, that uh, who who is that? Stony Stony Brook or Stony Hill? Because somebody in a BCS conference playing Stony Brook. Right. And so I'm you like, know, home opener should be sold out. If you are a, as one of our buddies says, if you are in the football business, <laughs> game should be sold out. Home opener should be sold out. Now, the school has made provisions for um, the heat with a lot of water stations available around the Rob. So um, information is posted on uhcougars dot com. You can check that out. Um, what what should fans expect? Case Keenum is going to be the quarterback. He's back for U of H. Should be high-powered offense. No question the Cougars should score in the 40s at least. But the question is, what's the defense going to do? Is the defense going to give up in the 40s too? We'll find out today. today. As as we record, we are moments away from U of H's week one one media day. Uh, Coach Sumlin, I'm sure, is going to have questions to answer about the defense because that's, that, everybody knows offense can score points. That's not a question. Yeah. You know, defense is the question. The defense will dictate how good the record will be this season. Whether it's 9, 10, 11 wins, 12 wins, whatever it is, the defense, if the defense is hell, if it's dominant, U of H could be a uh, BCS buster if it's dominant. Well, I will but just, just, be, just be good. I ain't expect it to be dominant. Just well, be good. I, I will say this, uh, and this is known fact. You can't find one of the boys anywhere. 
you know, basically people have, have finally had an opportunity to, to see uh, semblance of, of case uh, activities in practice and, and in scrimmage outings. The other thing that people have looked at is uh, been a schedule, and they've looked at this conference. Uh, folks, 10 wins minimum. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And people are really looking at them this year as, as, as somebody that, that, uh, that's, that's ready to make a move. Because in, in the conference, in the conference USA, Southern Miss is the Southern Miss the other top dog in the conference, right? Uh, and then you got the usual suspects, you know, SMU, Central Florida. Central Florida. You know, SMU that's, that should be a shootout. You know, but bottom line is, as I said for for years, as a U of H alum. If UH wants to be considered and thought of as as ready for big time athletics, they need to win the conference. Need to start winning conference USA and football on a regular basis, and then we can talk about other things going to the Big East or some other BCS conference because for that, bigger, better things. That's how you get invited, folks. Exactly. You know, to the stadium situation that can get resolved. Uh, it's pretty close to getting that. Uh, hopefully. Uh, that announcement will be made before the season is over, you know, before we start conference play, hopefully, hopefully, which is about, what, three, three weeks? About, about that, right. Mm-hmm. And once that announcement has been made, because Texas Southern will be planning a new stadium uh, you know, next year uh, with that program downtown, and folks, I'm going to tell you, new stadiums, they bring fans out just because it's new. Right. Yeah, you know. and, and you also bring uh, create interest, and U of H needs to create interest. And I'm, one thing I'm curious to see is how parking is going to be for Saturday's game oh. because of all the construction going around campus as well as the garage they're building next to the Rob. So there's a lot of limited space on the Robertson Stadium area to park. So I'm curious to see how that's all going to be handled in terms of the fans. Especially tailgating. Yeah, definitely tailgating. The fans will be prepared to walk. You know, because uh, if you expect to sell out, you got to park around the neighborhood. Walker gets it done. So, yeah, you know, so it, it can be done. Just to mention that, you know, the Dynamos have figured out a way to make that work. You know, that's, it's, uh, I go back to what the former AD uh, Dave Maggot said uh, opening that, that when he got here. The soccer program, the MLB, the, the Dynamos, were averaging a large uh, sellout crowd and. Well, that's what, that's another win championship too. They're struggling themselves, but that's another issue for you know. Yeah. yeah. But but at least you know right. that that can happen. The last time that was a, a sellout standing room only, no place to park was Winsett for football. Yes, sir. Texas Tech game. You know, but I mean, they had five or six sellouts last year. But even let's be real, they were in the seats in the Rob last season. You know, despite Texas being sold or whatever, uh, tailgating should go on. I don't care if it's rain or not. If you are a professional tailgater, you will be in the rain. Period. Um, game. We, we know there's quite a few professional tailgaters out there. Yes. Kickoffs at two thirty. Um, quick notes on regarding the NBA. They're supposed to meet the owner's side, David Stern and Adam Silver. Supposed to meet with Billy Hunter and Derek Fisher Wednesday, hopefully. Hopefully it's a two-day session. I have not read yet if they, this is going to be a multiple-day session. Uh, right now it's just one-day deal. Hopefully it's more than that. Hopefully things will finally, the rhetoric will stop, and they'll get down to negotiating and actually discuss some points, talking points, and, and cut through all the BS. Uh, yesterday, I believe, on Monday, September 15th, was a day kicked around being discussed by some of the basketball websites as a possible uh, 
deadline day, which would, which would start impacting preseason games if, if an agreement is not reached by that point. Preseason games are started. If preseason games are missed, then that's going to change the owner's stance because they'll start losing money. Which means if the owners start losing money, then that's going to impact their negotiating points. Which means they may start pulling better offers off the table and start going hard line. Which uh, we'll see how it's going to cha- change the players. You know, you and I have said for a while. You said, especially in the earlier podcast, that you expected around November fifteenth or so, November first, November fifteenth, when texts will start being missed, that players will start uh, their eyes start to open, and then we'll really get down to uh, to get any gritty negotiating and get something done. I don't want to take that long, but I think you're right. I don't. Goodness knows, I did not want the season to be missed. Um, but I would adjust, but I don't want seasons to be missed. Hopefully things will get done before then because the economy, the global economy is in a crapper. So for these men, billionaires, to be fighting with millionaires about money just does not sit well with a whole lot of folks. They need to get something done as soon as possible. Yeah. Who are you, sir, and how can folks find you? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online with www.kingsideview.com Hit the hot key The college sports report You can see my mug right there on the front page You can follow me on Twitter My uh, uh, handle is uh, A-K-S-V T-H-E-C-S-R Blog The college sports report Online is uh, the new edition. It should be up uh, within uh, by tomorrow. The new edition of a king size view. Check out uh, high school, college uh, news, uh, community. Uh, we also do a, uh, a uh, back check on uh, new cars. Folks, if you're looking to buy your the student that, that's headed off to school, uh, see looking into it. Go online and check. You can find that information. And you are, sir? I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Website address is www.houstonroundballreview.com. I'm on Facebook as well with a Facebook fan page for the Round Ball Review. I'm on Twitter. Uh, hashtag is T-H-E-H-R Review. Uh, podcast also available on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Houston Round Ball. And as we both mentioned, we're proud we've just been added to iTunes. So you listen to the podcast. So we're trying to be as many different places on the internet as possible. Hope you enjoy the podcast. We haven't decided if we're going to have another one this week. But we'll see how it goes play it by ear. Thank you very much for listening. And in conclusion, to wrap it up, be true, be cool, and do more.